And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. We've made it to Wednesday. Welcome, everyone. Jason Hunt here, live from the bunker here at Sci-Fi For Me headquarters. I am the editor, which means that I get all the blame for everything that happens here. Welcome. We do appreciate all of you being here. If you are new to the channel, we do uh, invite you to stick around. Hopefully, you'll see something you like. We are live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. So the comments are out, the chat's out, y'all can leave your thoughts. Uh, after the fact, when we're not live, you can still leave comments, so send us an email, live from the bunker at sci-fi for me.com. We're on all the socials, so you can check us out there. And for a podcasting, we are on a number of different platforms, iHeartRadio, Pocket Cast, Amazon, Spotify, Apple, Double Twist, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Litz's Notes. Listen notes. Let me get that out. And we are in the process of trying to rebuild the audience over on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash sci-fi for me. We get up to 100 followers over there, and we will start our watch parties again. We've had a number of suggestions for different titles we can watch over there along with you. So uh, we do invite you to check that out. And on Monday, I had my thoughts that I shared with you about the whole rewriting Ripley thing. We know that uh, that is still an ongoing thing, that brouhaha. Stemming from that and, uh, and coming out of that, we had a conversation over on the Ranker Pit, the third episode. We've had three of these now. And uh, we had a guest on that show and making some statements that I thought we could expand on today. Judah Engelmeyer joins us once again. He is a PR and communications expert. He's the president of Herald PR. Uh, not Herald the name. Herald as in uh, making the... Where in New York City. Making, yeah. Uh, so uh, welcome, sir. And, and one of the things that you had said uh, in in our conversation back there, was that Disney had bitten off more than they could chew with the Gina Carano thing. And I wanted to expand on that, plus look at some other corporate PR, corporate communications uh, activity that might or might not be the best way to go. And uh, let's let's start then, I guess, with this Forbes article that was that was going around. It dropped on March the 11th, the same day, coincidentally enough, or maybe not, the same day that the rewriting Ripley article uh, popped out, saying, you know, anybody who doesn't like the Last Jedi is a member of the alt right, and you know, aligned with Steve Bannon and white supremacists right. and all of that. And I don't have a timestamp on that one, but I find it very curious that these two different narratives dropped the same day. And I'm wondering if it's a coincidence. And, and you having done this for a while, does your spidey sense give you any kind of a, of a tingle when you look at the timing of both of these articles? So as I explained on, on, on the show last week, um, Yes, it 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 it's uh it has a hint of um of of non coincidental, uh it has a hint of coordination, but the rewriting Ripley piece from my recollection and what I know about it is not an official channel. It seems to be one of their off offshot PR ways of getting information out to the you know to to to, to a broad spectrum of people without the company having to do it themselves. They did, you know, backhanded way of doing so. Right. There is a question now as to whether or not the two people that are, that are attached to the right or the rewriting Ripley podcast, whether or not they actually authored the article, there seems to be some suspicion that uh, the social media manager of Lucasfilm might've had a hand in it. And, and I don't want to ascribe to any conspiracy theories or anything like that, but you mentioned the, the backdoor connection and this article here from Gene Delecchio 
he's a professor of marketing. He's an adjunct professor of marketing at USC. And the Lucas Family Foundation has donated hundreds of, million do of millions of dollars to USC. And I'm wondering if there might be some kind of a connection there because uh, Del Vecchio makes the point that he's been sitting on this for a little while. And I'm wondering what prompted this to, to actually go out for him to finish the article and for Forbes to publish it. And, and we're getting into the, what Cameron Pasha had been uh, predicting where the trades, not just the, the Hollywood trades, but the financial trades would start to take a look at what's going on with Disney. And this seems to be one of those shots fired across the bow that the investors and the money people are now starting to look at what's going on with Disney and with Bob Chapek and the Gina Carano and, and all of this other stuff. Is this the beginning of the end maybe for either Kathleen Kennedy or Bob Chapek or, or does, <coughs> does George Lucas come back because he did that interview uh, with the school in Harlem uh, he and his wife showed up, and this was back in October, and now that video has not gone private, but Lucas ma basically made the made the statement there, well, the first six films are mine, and the f six films are my philosophy, and, and I don't have any control over it anymore, and they went in a direction, you know, not what I wanted to do, and now that video is gone. Right. So uh, are we starting to see <coughs> maybe a turnaround here that is this a, is this a corrective pr measure? Well, I mean, corrective might not be the right word. I think may maybe it's a cleanup job, really. Mm. Um, you know, it's it's. Uh, I, I don't know what lens Disney can go to correct it, or if they institutionally think they're wrong in the first place. But I think it's certainly a a, a way of covering tracks and cleaning up some various messes on the side. For Lucas to make a comment that those weren't his films, but they are on philosophy, whatever. It it might it might offer hints. That at this moment, Disney doesn't want out because of what just happened with Gina Carano and the heat that they're getting. And it might look like something like, like something's amiss or something's about to take place. And they don't want to reveal that, obviously, before they make their internal plans, if they are making any internal plans for it. And for various reasons. One is for they don't want outside commentary and criticism on any decision. But two, um, for, uh, for, for, public, for public stock reasons. They don't want to have anybody, you know. They don't want, you know, they don't want to have any unusual play in the stock by people thinking or, re or reading into news and and making massive trades based on rumors and speculation. Right now, when well, I think that they're trying to keep things at bay right now, whatever might be happening, and I don't yeah. know what's happening internally. I have no idea. Mm -hmm. I imagine it's chaos right now. Okay, well, let me let me ask you then this based on that because you had the investor call and Bob Chapek was asked specifically about both Kathleen Kennedy and Gina Carano and he right. makes statements. You know, we're we're looking forward to working with Kathleen for years and then, you know, the the whole Gina thing felt like a dodge. It was a it was a pre-planned here's what you here's what you say if they ask about this. Right. And then this Forbes piece comes out, and there are some people I've seen speculating whether or not this might have come from Chapek's office in sort of a preemptive, let's throw this out there, put some blood in the water, so Chapek now can come back and be the hero and say, okay, yes, we're going to do some damage control. This gives him the excuse to turn around and, you know, now this, now what Cameron Pasha calls the, the, the cocktail party circuit now is looking at who's going to have to go. It's either going to be, you know, it's it's either Chapek or Kennedy, and Chapek's going to pick Chapek. Right. And this and this starts to give him <coughs> the the wedge to use to bring, you know, I'm going to sacrifice my reputation in the short term right. in order to be able to get rid of Kathleen Kennedy and save face and, and save the company in the long term. Is that I, I don't want to say a usual PR move, but is that a, a PR move that is part of the the quiver of various different tools that companies can use in order to basically set up a scenario that they can that they think will help fix things? So very often, I'm mean, ideal ideal uh, often in crisis communications and, and strategic communications, which is more than just dialing for stories and calling up reporters and asking them to write about my latest client, product, event, service, whatever. 
this is it's 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 crisis communications, and sometimes it's a chess game. And the chess game is long played, and you move pieces in different directions for the long run, not for the short run. And yes, you make sacrifices here and there, but you're setting. If you have a goal you want to reach, you set pieces in motion now in the hope that you can move the play towards the, towards your win. Um, and that's yeah, it's it, it is it is a a public relations strategy if that is indeed what they're doing. And 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 it and it, it sounds it sounds logical, and it actually sounds like. It's not haphazard, you know. It's not. It's not just haphazard or coincidence. And I, I learned in my business a long time ago that there are very few coincidences when it comes to these things. Uh, you know, it, 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 these things don't come out of the blue. Um, they're they're often planted, worked on for a long time. You know, in advance with reporters. And you know, j- just getting back to the dialing reporters for stories for for routine clients, it's not an easy thing to do. And there are I'm competing against. A million other public relations people, just like me and my team, uh, and with uh, with with similar stories, like clients, and why is my client going to make it in over that one? So when you see a story like that run, you have to imagine that it was hard placed. Sometime, you know, that if the intention was it was hard placed and it was worked on and worked on for a reason, because this is going to play to another piece that's going to run or another event that's going to happen in the company. And after four or five different events, then the final the culmination comes and that's how it all fits into place. It's a strategy. It's a strategy that they're building up to. And Cameron has, has commented that he was expecting something like this. Mm-hmm. And, and for those who aren't, aren't aware, Cameron Posh is a writer and producer in Hollywood. He's been there for a number of years and he said he was expecting something like this but not to this degree. He says this one feels like a nuke just got dropped on Bob Chapek. This He wasn't expecting this kind of an article in Forbes. He was thinking that it may be a slow build to something like this, but this one landed first. Where does it go from here in order to give Chapek an out? It's a good question. Uh, <laughs> you know, like I said, if, 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 if if indeed this was a strategy built by the company to 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 uh, to start building towards an end, um, then you know the out is somebody's head's going to roll at some point. If this is just a reporter writing, you know, their own opinion on what went on and what's happening, then it might just be completely one person's view that has nothing to do with what's going on inside. So yeah. you know, it, it's. You know, I, I'm I'm not the insider in Disney to know what's happened, but sure. I think I would have to think the, uh, the the former is that this is a broader play because Disney's not just sitting, Disney's not the type of company to sit back and just let the let 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 the crap hit the fan on a regular basis, let it roll down, and without anything, they are they have their public relations people, they have mm-hmm. their their crisis communications people, they have their investor relations people, then they have their board members clamoring and, and all their stakeholders, their investors, all telling them that something's up and they need to make changes. So I would say this is probably more in line with a, with a plan and rather than just random. You mentioned insiders and and that kind of connection and, and getting information out in the back channels and whatnot. <clears throat> um we've we've seen reaction from uh from the 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 twitter space but also social media you've got people like wdw pro who is somebody who purports to work at disney in some capacity he's he's been reporting on rumors and things that he's been hearing chatter on the inside at at disney and and lucasfilm specifically to the to the parks more than anything else, but he's also, he, she, we don't know who it is, has also been reporting on various different rumors he's been hearing with regard to Lucasfilm and Star Wars. When you have leaks like that, when you have the corporate leaks, you have the insider, you have somebody on the inside passing along information. You've got, you know, videos from Doomcock or Midnight's Edge or Geeks and Gamers or whoever says, well, I can't confirm this, but we are hearing rumors. We're being told from our sources. Whenever something like that happens, do the official PR people cringe a little bit and worry about what kind of information is coming out? Or is that part of the overall, let's make sure we get the right information to the right people at the right time? You know, you ask very good questions, and and you know, the, 
the the hard part for me to you know all I'm doing is what you're doing is speculating. Sure. Because I mean I I, I you know look remember Edward Snowden worked at the CIA and he was leaking information. That's not that's not the CIA didn't want out. Right. Right. Uh, well, and 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 I have to wonder because you know there are times. <coughs> And if the rumor about the civil war within Lucasfilm, for, for example, if that, there's anything to that, you would think that there would be people on the inside who want to get information out to say this is what's happening. Right. At the same time, the flip side of that, you, you probably have people who don't want that kind of information to come out. And we know that there have been disinformation campaigns that have been out there to try to discredit a lot of these YouTube channels. But from a from an official as you as you have done this kind of thing, coordinating PR and crisis communications, is there are there times when it's part of the strategy to make to get some information into some people's hands to kind of spin it? So 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 the 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 right question is that how does a company approach an issue like this? If there's a broad consensus of the answer. And they wouldn't go through backhanded means. They would just come right out and stand up for their position and just say, this is what we want to do. And that would make the media happy, the investors happy. I mean, most of the investors happy, whatever. If they're uncertain of their direction right now, they're planning it out. They don't really know what their end game is. This would be a way of getting information out. And like you said, nobody knows for sure it's an insider. It claims we think it is. But there are people, there are a group of individuals who know who this person is and know for sure that it's an insider if that's, that's what it is. And if they're using this resource, then they're trying to tell a certain core of people that it's true and this is where we're going. Um, and that, that would be a practice when you're completely in disarray internally Everybody disagrees with each, other, with each other with the head. So you have somebody senior whispering to a employee saying, go take care of this just so that these 10 people know what, what's really going on. These are my important stakeholders. So when you do that, they'll know that. But it's, you know, for, the, for you and me and the general public, there's no way for us to know that it's an official channel. Yeah. Um, but, you know, this is, this, this is it's, 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 it's classic war games in a sense where you're sending out encrypted messages just so a certain group of people could either hear the information or hear the misinformation. Um, if Disney needed to put something out for their shareholders, for SEC filings, for whatever it is they're doing, they would do it through an, through an open challenge and say, this is our plan. Clearly, whoever they want to let go or whatever they want to change is not being universally accepted by the leadership and management. And therefore, they're trying to put feelers out to see who's going to react best to whatever rumor they're putting out. It's a way of, of planning your plan. Right. So let me pivot a little bit then because you talk about coordinating and making sure that certain articles and interviews hit at certain times of the, of the, the, the publicity cycle. And we've got this article in Variety here from, uh, I believe, yesterday, two days ago. Uh, Warner Media, uh, her, Warner Media's CEO, and Sarnoff, this interview with her about the future of the DC universe. Right. And basically, this looks like it's been sitting... I mean, this kind of thing doesn't happen in a vacuum, and it doesn't happen overnight. And you've got the success, or not, of Zack Snyder's Justice League, and it's been out on HBO Max here for a few days now. And in this article, they make it very clear, Sarnoff makes it very clear that the... The Snyder Cut is the the last of the Snyder trilogy. And she says, that, you know, Zach got to finish his story and we've got new kids playing in the sandbox and there are no plans uh, for anything in the future with Zach and Deborah Snyder. Uh, the, the door kind of is left open for Snyder's work to continue over maybe on HBO Max. But this one feels a little bit like all right, we gave you the Snyder Cut. It's done. It's over. Let's move on. And this this kind of access that Variety has, and, and it's clear this this interview has probably been sitting and they prepare it and they roll it out right after the, the movie drops. Is this maybe that same kind of coordinated spin that says, all right, fans, you got what you wanted. Now go home. 
Are you asking me whether this is? Well, does it does it feel like that? Is there a, is there a time when corporations would sit there and go, "All right, we gave you what you want. Now sit down and and go back to your corner." Well, you know, if, if I, I was just watching an interesting documentary on uh, the Back to the Future trilogy and how that came out, and at the end, you know, Zemeckis said he just wanted it to end. He want you know he as much as successful as it was, he wanted it to be over. That's why they wrote the end after the last three, <laughs> right. saying, okay, we've done it. It's been great. We've had a field day, but just emotionally and physically, we just want to move on to different projects now. We're drained. Yeah. So it could just be that. Um, but, you know, I, 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 I think that sometimes, you know, there's, there's that saying, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. Uh, it, during pandemic, a lot of movies did not come out. A lot of actors weren't working. A lot of product wasn't made. We did see a lot of streaming videos come out, you know, streaming as a series and all that. But this, it could also just very simply be another way for them to take a product that's already out there that they had tons of extra video footage of, of and ask Snyder to listen. You want to do something, you know, with with you didn't like the original product, put something out with your, you know, with 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 your imprint on it, and let's see if we can make money on it. Could be it could be as simple as that. That they just saw an opportunity to take them and to, to take something, recycle it. It's cheaper to recycle it than, than, than to make a whole new film, since they already have the footage and the actors and everything like that, and put it out. Um, I, 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 I think that there are various different answers for that, but I, you know, I, I, I don't know the, the motivation well enough for this, but I've worked with Hollywood people enough to know that very often it's just let's make money. Let's take what we have. We haven't put out anything wonderful, any great products in a long time. And we have this footage sitting here. We're still not on, on, uh, on the sets making, making, um, ma- ma- making blockbuster films again yet. People are still not filling theaters. We have this HBO Max product out there. Let's see if we can make money with that, with something we already have. Let, let's, let's just recycle, recut, and just say it's a new film. And the, the rumor is, the word is that uh, this was a decision that Jason Kalar and AT&T made uh, basically telling Warner Brothers, finish this so we have something that we can use to sell HBO Max. So the general consensus is without HBO Max, well, and I say the general consensus, my thinking is, and I've seen this in other places, that without HBO Max, there would not be Zack Snyder's Justice League. Because Which it, is exactly what I was saying. This yeah. is just done to put something on there that would be quick, quick, jazzy, make some money and make a splash without them really have to worry about getting actors involved with COVID and getting on sets and all that stuff. They right. already have the stuff. So let's, let's game this out for just a little bit. You're, you've just been hired to do all of the PR spin now coming out of uh, Zack Snyder's justice league. Warner brothers doesn't want to make any more Zack Snyder stuff. And now you have fans who feel vindicated because we got the Snyder cut. Right. And now they're sitting there and there's this new hashtag restore the Snyderverse. How do you how do you set the table just in a general sense? And, and I know you're not privy to what the thinking is internally there, but how do you set the table for lowering those expectations for a particular type of story? Yes, we've done the Snyder cut. That's done. It's time to move on. How do you how do you position the company, and how do you convince the fans that what you're working on next is better than what you've just delivered? Well, very simple. You say instead of saying we're winding it down, you go ahead and say, you know what, we 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 looked at the product and we want to allow Zack Snyder to finish up his vision because we know that was a a a different and possibly. Um, more accept a, a better vision for for our viewers and for our fans, and this is the direction we want to be going in with our future film. So enjoy this, and you'll start seeing new products out of us that are going to be in the same vein by new by newcomers, directors, producers, and writers who will, who are inspired by Zack Snyder and who are inspired by you fans, and they're going to take this and make it bigger now. There was uh, a little bit of controversy last week prior to the Snyder Cut dropping when uh, there, was a, there was a charity stream uh, that was hosted by Uche Nwambe, who was part of the Geeks and Gamers crew. And Zack Snyder made an appearance, 
And the first thing that he says when he gets out there and he says, yeah, yeah I know the logos on, you know, the Geeks and Gamers logos on the auction, uh, the auction site. We don't have, we, we're not associated with the Geeks and Gamers. And then in the next breath, he, he says something about, you know, hate towards Asians and, and, you know, the Justice League shows us that we can all be united against hate. The, the takeaway from a lot of people was that Snyder was associating geeks and gamers with racism. And, and there was all sorts of hullabaloo and blow up about that. And the word is that there were a number of people from Warner Brothers on the back end just in a panic, basically, because we can't be associated with that group. Does the internet, does the web, does YouTube and Twitter matter more than we realize when it comes to that kind of thing? I mean, the footprint for a lot of these YouTube channels, they have 100,000, 200,000. You know, Star Wars Theory has almost 3 million uh, subscribers. That doesn't necessarily mean that everybody is watching every video. But is the influence of YouTube stronger than we might think? Do you do you think that the studios are paying attention more to channels like Geeks and Gamers or or Drunk Three PO or 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 Daily Wire or wherever? Well, I I think that that's a question I could I could answer just uh, in, in in more generally for what sure. the world is right now. For for what what we've been seeing over the past few years, social media, regardless which medium it is. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, um, and even individual Reddit channels and things like that um, have become extremely powerful sources for companies to make corporate decisions based on, quote, woke ideology. Um, Even if it's not, you know, I can... I can roll my eyes out and think it's not that important. It's not that big in the scheme of things, but when you're thinking about companies making decisions on the future of their companies and their stock and their performance, nobody wants to be on the wrong side, the quote wrong side or whatever that is. And they look to Twitter and social media because that's what we've been expected or told to do by traditional media or by, or by, reality TV or whatever, whatever it is right. that has made us decide that this is real and, and, and more important than what might actually be happening. Um, and, and it scares, it scares comp- uh, corporate executives. It scares uh, the market. It scares uh, um, people who are old timers like me and getting older who are not understanding the younger generation and don't want to be on the wrong side of, 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 of their, of, of their anger or, or, or tenor. So if they if there's a hint, I mean, you've seen it. If, if one person makes an allegation of racism, of sexism, of, of abuse or this, even if it's not substantiated, um, companies take enormous measures to excise it before they find out whether it's true or not, Yeah, because they are scared and don't know what to do. And they're running scared. So yes, I think that the social media channels have become Powerful, but I would say more powerful than they should be, more powerful than they, they should be allowed to be, um, because it's not necessarily delivering truth or actuality. It's an opinion, or it could just be very, it could be true, but it could be one person who did it by accident or mistake, and we're turning it into a whole systemic failure of the world, company, society, whatever. Barry Weiss in her resignation from the New York Times wrote that uh, one of her concerns was that the editorial board there at the Times was so beholden to Twitter. And Twitter has maybe two million users out of how many how many hundreds of billions of people that are on the planet. And you look at, uh, you know, I, I did a search just at random. I just wrote corporate virtue signaling and random articles. You know, we're talking about uh, donations that are made. You've got the Black Lives Matter stuff. You've got L'Oreal removing words like fairness and white. Uh, you've got uh, all these articles on how to be an ally and, and how to how to talk about you know, things like race and, and identity, but even, you know, here's even Lego taking, taking down and removing the set for the white house in 2020 
as a signal that, oh, we're not, you know, we want to be on the right side of, we want to be on the right side of this. So it brings to mind this image that made the rounds in, you know, in the wake of all of the, all of the different corporate statements that people make. This was a, a parody mocking all of these companies that do these, uh, these social media posts, a bunch of white text on black, and they make this, this statement, you know, we, we stand for this, we don't stand for this. From a PR and communications standpoint, when a company does something like this, how effective do they really expect it to be, do you think? So, I mean, I, I, I happen to have clients who do things just like that. And do they? And and I, I happen to know internally, not all of the senior executives agree with things like that. But they do it for two reasons. One is for internal to, to l- lower internal strife of the younger staff, which 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 are more prevalent than the older senior staff. You know, a company with ten thousand employees, six thousand employees, probably has um, a senior management that's been there for 15, 20 years of uh, you know twenty percent of it, and the rest of them are. Are, 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 so to speak, the drones who do the work every day. And right. those are people in their early 20s to, to young 40s who are completely open to all these kind of ideas that they're seeing out there. Listen, you, you, you know, so, so um, they do it because they want to avoid having people internally whine at their corporate meetings and to their, and to their HR people that we're, we're not, that we're, we don't feel as safe or as secure or as woke as everybody else. And they, but they're also doing it for the sake of business. If I want to, if, if I'm going to do business with your company, I want to make sure your company is, is, is the, is the most, uh, I guess, uh, inclusive, non-divisive, um, you know, I hate using the term. I really, I say, but woke is the term right now. Yeah. It's the most woke company. And if I have a choice between using law firm A or law firm B, I'm going to use law firm A because they are more, they, everything they're showing shows me that they know what's going on today and they're, they're, they're clued into it and, and they're not going to let me down that way. Well, and we know from so news coverage. Self-preservation. It's not necessarily self, not, not necessarily ideology, ideological belief. It's self-preservation. Yeah. Well, and we hear, you know, the the articles that came out about Spotify, for example, the employee revolt uh, with regard to Joe Rogan and, right. you know, the chatter and the internal strife that, that came out of, James, you know, in the aftermath of James Damore's memo at Google. And on the flip side of it, though, you look at something like Nike striking a deal with Colin Kaepernick, for example, and taking a financial hit there because right. people have said, I'm not going to buy Nike anymore. Right. Uh, or um, Gillette doing their big campaign to say, you know, toxic masculinity is a, is a bad thing. And people right. saying, okay, I'm done buying Gillette. Does this have the risk of blowing up in a negative way? Is there, is, is the risk, well, I guess they decide that the risk is worth it, but no, see, Jason, I think you're overthinking it. Oh, they're not thinking <laughs> five years down the line. Yeah. They're thinking, how am I going to avoid getting pummeled tomorrow? Mm. That's, mm-hmm. that's what social media has become. Yeah. They'll, I'll deal with, I'll deal with three days from now after I deal with tomorrow. And that's how companies are seeing things and doing things. They're just, they're making knee jerk reactions because they're afraid they don't know. Listen, I, I, you know, I'm to get away from sci-fi to get the real life. What sure. happened in Boulder, Colorado? It was a a Syrian immigrant who committed those who who uh, who, who 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 was who's who who just shot up that place, and everyone came out saying white supremacy, guns, this that. And everyone on the left was attacking what they knew the problem was before they even realized it was a Syrian immigrant. And all of a sudden now they're still talking about now it's gun control. Barack Obama came out saying it's overall racism that caused it. But, but you know, because they, they were so quick to jump to, to what, what the problem was. And once they realized that the problem was on, was, was on their side of the ideological, ideological trend, they, they, now they're trying to cover up for it or make excuses or try to find other, other terms they could use rather than just saying, okay, we admitted it was a, it, it, it was somebody who we didn't expect and didn't think, and we jumped too soon. Yeah. Um, 
and but that's what's happening. No, everybody wants to be the first one to say, look, it's white racism, it's white supremacy, it's it's uh it's 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 non-woke people, it's 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 institutional racism, it's crazy, it's this and that, but they're wrong. They were wrong on this, but they were so quick to jump because that's what we want to see on social media. An answer right away. Mm-hmm. I want to see it right away. I don't want to wait this, I don't want to wait for the outcome. I don't want to wait for the trial. I want the answer now, and I want the conviction and the death penalty now. Is is that ever going to change, do you think? As long as social media is doing what it's doing, it seems like this is going to be what we've got to deal with. The knee-jerk reactions, the the impulse uh, problems. And we saw uh, there was an inverse article here not too long ago that was talking about the whole Gina Carano thing that established that a lot of these people that are making noise on Twitter especially are 15, 16 years old. I mean, you're making you're making policy decisions, whether it's a corporate policy, a marketing strategy, a government policy based on what teenagers think. And they're in the throes of their hormones to begin with. Jason, teenagers are tomorrow's consumers. That's that's a very good point. That's a very good point. And, And I'm I'm worried that we are enabling them. Uh, to have the expectation that they have all of this power to control everything. And, and, you know, it goes back to some things that I've said before. It's not an ideological thing. It's not a right or left thing. It's not a Democrat Republican thing. It's a power thing. It's a control thing. It's we want to be in charge. We want to tell you what to do. We want to tell you what to think. We want to tell you how to react. And it has to be by these numbers over here, not those numbers over there in order to be allowed for you to continue. What would happen if a corporation sat there and said, nah, we're going to do our own thing. You, you, you stay over in your corner. We're going to do business. I saw a, a, a thing here not too long ago talking about Jim Shooter, who was the editor of Marvel comics for a long while. And the, the comment was made that basically when he came in uh, to Marvel Comics, you had the hippie beatnik commune, and he turned it into a business. He said, "This is a business. We're here to make money. This is you know we the the idea here is to profit." And that kind of thing, that kind of mentality, he he wasn't he wasn't liked by everybody because there's some now accountability. And there are rules and there are expectations and there's a, you know, you have to do X. When a company kowtows and bows to the, to the social media, how much of that are they losing, do you think? Because I know you're talking about just the now as opposed to the long term. But I would imagine that that kind of thing does more damage over the long haul because you're responding to one group, then you have to respond to another group that makes the other group mad, that makes this first group mad, and now you're responding to that group. You, you're you just kind of being jerked around by the strings like a marionette that doesn't have any focus. That's exactly what, what's happening right now. And you know the, the problem is that there, there's – the inability to do long-term planning for fear of short-term cancellation uh, takes, you know, it be, be becomes the primary, the primary modus operandus for a lot of companies that 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 are that can't with you can't weather or withstand um, taking immense hits, yeah. and, and and that seem and 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 that that that's a going concern. And I don't I don't have the answer or formula for what they should do because yeah, on the one hand, you want to seem responsible, and of course. Buzzwords. I don't want. I'm not. I don't want us to be seen as racist. I don't want to be seen as as. Uh, I don't want to be be seen as as as, as not um, not diverse. I don't want to be seen as as inconsiderate to people who who feel their needs have not been met or their or or their or their uh, or, or their their ideas and minds are being wasted because whatever. I want to include everybody. I want to be as open as possible. But it's just not, you know, in reality, it's not possible to be all things to everybody. Right. And and I think in the end, the marketplace will reveal that. And there are a lot of people, unfortunately, who are going to get hurt in the process. And the way this gets fixed uh, is by the people who are doing the canceling and banging the drums right now 
when the tables turn on them and they get the ta- and they all of a sudden they're the ones being canceled. They're the ones who are drunk. All of a sudden it, it's it's you know it it's 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 uh it, it'll hit them that oh my god you know what 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 have I created? Um and you know and and you know we 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 do see a little of that right now. Listen, Andrew Cuomo. Andrew Cuomo is the first one to get up and say, oh, the cancel culture is bringing me down. Governor Andrew Cuomo of New York, for those who don't know, I, I, I don't want to be presumptuous. He came, he came up last week and said the cancel culture is trying to bring him down. Yet I remember distinctly he was marching along with the cancel culture when it was politically expedient for him. Yeah. And now all of a sudden he's on the raw end of it. Now he's shocked and doesn't understand it and is trying to tell people, wait, wait, hold your horses. Don't convict until after the trial. <laughs> well, and I've said I've said a number of times that the, the cancel culture eventually is a circular firing squad because it, at some point. Everyone's going to get hit by it. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's, it's unfortunately, um, I, 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 for some reason, my mind's going blank right now, but the, there's a famous, a famous, famous comment from. From uh, from from the 1930s, first they came for the gypsies, and I didn't say a word. Then they came for the, and then finally, and they went for the Jews, and I didn't say a word. Finally, came for me, and there's nobody left to say anything. Yep. You know, and I, I what I don't understand, I'm a, I'm to a to, to a degree a student of history. Uh, part of what I do for a living is I have to understand past 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 processes to know how to help a client plan for what's going going on. And I don't know why this entire woke environment, this entire um, group of executives cowering to social media and even the fo- even the, the young people on social media thinking that their voices are important right now are not realizing that 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 history has shown that it is circular it will come back and bite you but what we also see is that look at california's new education protocols let's change history so that people don't actually know what happened <laughs> Right. Well, and Let's and rewrite it, history and 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 censor out what we want people to know about. Yeah, it's, it's almost laughable. It brings to mind the whole Cloward Priven uh, strategy of of get getting into the education uh, space, the academia, and set things up so that the government systems are so overloaded that they collapse, and then. Government has to come back in and fix everything and take over everything, and it's it's been that one of those. What the socialists want to happen, I, right? It, it's it's like okay, this has been uh, over a hundred years because this goes all the way back to Woodrow 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 Wilson's uh, administration when all of this got started. But then you look at the the turnaround, like you say, so a little bit of the pushback. With you know, Gina Carano seems to have been. A turning point for a lot of people sitting there saying, "Okay, enough is enough. This is not how we want things to be." And we've seen this in uh, in the in the literary space in science fiction for a while. Comic books have have started to go where enough people have said, "We don't want uh, woke politics and agendas uh, driven by identity in our Marvel and DC comics." And you have people at Marvel and DC saying, you know, well, if you don't like my politics, don't buy my book. And they're saying, okay, we'll just go make our own. Uh, And that gives me a chance to mention these uh, $5 super chat we just got from George uh, Gastis. Joe King is now live on Indiegogo. Uh, Two books, a superhero sci-fi adventure, 240 pages, full color. So thanks very much for that. We will check out that project. Uh, But but Judith, is, is the pushback, is it... Too little, too late, or you think there's still time to turn this around and say, "Okay, we're we're going to stop worrying about what Twitter thinks. We're going to here's our plan. We're going to stick to the plan. And if people don't like it, there's other there's other places they can go do business." You know, I, I have to be an optimist, or else I just think there's no hope left, and I'll <laughs> borrow up my house. You know. I'll, uh, I'll, 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 um, you know, I guess panel up my windows and, and just duck for cover. I've had those I thoughts think, myself. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I have to believe that, uh, that, that there's going to be a, 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 a pendulum swing, um, where people are going to realize that we've gone a little too far. Now it's time to start swinging back. Um, I, I, I happen to believe uh, and this is something I was deeply involved in, um, in, in, a, in a case for, a, for, for, uh, for the past several years um, that came, I believe, as a visceral reaction to Donald Trump's election as president. 
And all of a sudden, the left got so outraged that they started going after this 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 woke and cancel culture so intently. Now that they've gotten their way in a sense, and he's unelected, and Joe Biden is now present with Kamala Harris as the vice president, I'm hoping that people start seeing there's a need to start calming down and getting back to normalcy. I'm not saying it was right what happened and that we should, and there, should be no, there should be no consequences. There are plenty of consequences. But I, I think that what happened started as a visceral reaction. Uh, you know, you know we, we, we need to hold evil white men accountable for every crime they've ever committed and how dare they didn't elect Hillary Clinton as president. Right. You know, to, to let, let, let's come down on everybody that we don't like. And now I think now that the, the, the ideology has gotten their way and won their candidates, so to speak, and actually the entire, um, you know, the executive branch and the, ha- and, and the legislature um, are, are all one-sided now. I'm hoping, but I, 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 like I said, I'm hoping, but I don't see it yet because you still see Gina Carano happen after, you know, January 20th. Um, the, uh, the, you know, the, the shooting in, 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 um, in, in uh, Boulder was just a few days ago. Uh, and people are, 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 are still are still coming out saying the wrong things about it. Yeah. Even in, in, uh, in Atlanta, the, 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 um, the, the uh, massage shop murders, which they're trying to, you know, we, New York City, we've had protests to protect Asian American rights. And that wasn't any, that wasn't about racism. That was about a guy's sex addiction and, and mental problems. But we still want to label every we need a cause. We need to find the cause. But I'm hoping that now that their cause has brought about the change that they so, so desperately wanted, maybe there'll be some light at the end of the tunnel. People start seeing that. We don't have to be as rigorous. We don't have to attack everybody and everything. We got our way. Maybe in my mind, I'm thinking they they came at it so harshly that they wanted change. Now they got the change, they could ease up a little bit. Um, if not, we're in for a rough time ahead of us where circular, it's going to come back and bite everybody. Yeah. Uh, and you're going to start seeing that. And I you know what? And there's also a large, there's, a, there's a, not the possibility, but the probability that the that, that the people who are right and center right are going to start doing the same things the left does, boycotting, canceling, and knocking everybody out too, which they've never really done in, in mass the way the left does it. And you'll see everyone canceling everybody and nothing happening, nothing going on. And then we come, we come to stagnation. No. Um, and then we, you leave room for authoritarianism to, for a, a dictator to come in and tell us what to do because we're not doing anything. On it, the... It, it can be problematic, but I'm hoping that we're at the end. I'm hoping we're we're starting to see the end of it. On the business side of things, as as a as a PR company, company, and you have clients that are that are in that space, do you see a particular sector of business where that could happen more easily? Where the company sits there and says, "No more identity politics. We're just going to do business." Money is green, no matter who's paying it. Is is that more likely to come out of a particular industry at this point, maybe? Or is it just going to happen to some random company is just going to decide to stand up and say, that's it, we're, we're doing business this way? Well, it could very well come just haphazardly and random like that. But I think you're going to start seeing it more. You just saw it from, a, uh, from Goldman Sachs with that leaked memo. I don't know if you're familiar with what just happened. I haven't. I haven't heard about that one yet. Some young employees at Goldman Sachs leaked a company memo that the leadership is now allowing them to take Saturdays off. It's still going to be a hundred hour, 120 hour work week, but now he's he understands their 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 gripes, and from nine nine p.m. Friday until nine a.m. Sunday morning, they don't have to work. Um, and people are complaining. It's it's a it's a grueling workplace. It's a it it it's it's treacherous. It's onerous. It gives me headaches. I can't sleep at night. I know. I know but it's the money. It's it's the money. It's the financial industry. Yeah. You know, people who still think that money is green and money makes the world go around are gonna just start pushing through. Like 120 work day work week. I don't care whether you identify as a male, female, or or they. It doesn't matter. 120 work week. It's, it's still <laughs> it's still it, it's still a difficult thing. Yeah. And it. And it's it's almost inhuman, but the financial industry is coming is going to come back strong that way because that's what they know and that's what they believe and that's how they've made their money up to now. 
Let's start with that in law firms. Law firms are very much about the law, the legal process, the court process, the constitution, the law. And until the laws are completely changed, they're going to have to do what, 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 what's, what's within the law. And what's in the law is what's, what's, is how they've been operating and law firms are going to come back the same way, you know, and, you know, they, they'll be a bit, they'll, they'll be more, um, more diverse. They'll have more, you know, more equity among, amongst, amongst the genders and, and, and they will have shared bathrooms and all that, but they will, but they will come back and say, we just have, we just have to go back to work. Then you'll have industries that rely on the general public, the Starbucks, where everyone shops at, the movies, the industry, wherever, you know, Republicans, Democrats, conservative, liberal, all go to see movies and they could all be sitting at the same movie together because universally stories bring people together like that. Right. They're going to be the ones that will be harder to change and harder to go back to normal because they're going to the ones who still think they have to impress everybody. A law firm has to impress the client they're in front of. A, you know, a financial institution has to make money for their investors. A movie and a, and a Starbucks and a McDonald's and, and, a, and a Longhorn Steakhouse or, or a Costco has to appeal to everybody who walks in there. And that could be anyone and everyone. So you're going to start seeing changes in the, in, in the white shoe. And I, I, I don't know if that's a, that's a permitted term anymore, <laughs> but the white shoe firms and areas right. will, 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 will bring back life in the old fashioned manner with slight changes. And then you'll see a lot of these companies that rely on more public, um, more, more, more public uh, uh, participation to come back to, to try to make drastic changes and have no gendered bathrooms at all. You know, in California, there's a law that if you don't, if you can't in a, in a supermarket, in a, no, in a um, mall, you can't have a boys' department and a girls' department anymore. If I want to shop for my male child, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to look between dresses, shorts, and pants. To weed it out, I can't just go to one section and make it easy anymore. Mm. That's not going to stand for much longer because yeah. you know, I, regardless how people identify, you still have to shop for other. You know, the, you know, if you can have people identifying any way they want, but there are still going to be people who identify as male, still as female. Maybe you should have a third department in there as well. I don't know, <laughs> but you're going to start seeing the mainstream white shoe type businesses go back to business in the standard way with slight modifications. And then you will see the ones that rely on the general public of all walks make these radical, bizarre changes and have to feel through what's working, what's not. What kind of messaging would you recommend for companies that are, let's just get back to doing business the way, you know, the way we're supposed to do it and make money? What kind of message would you put out if you're the, you're the guy in charge of the, of the PR and this is basically going to go against uh, the social media woke politics of the day. We're just going to sit there and say, okay, this is how we're going to do things. How do you position that? Well, you position it by, 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 it's not simple, but by making sure that your messaging and your wording and the things you do on a, on a daily basis are as, as broad minded as possible. And that goes to, um, Making sure that there's wage parity, making sure that 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 uh, that that you are as you are as, as inclusive as possible as to, you know, your your company shouldn't, you know, and I hate to say this, you know, obviously you want to hire the best people all around, but your company should 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 represent more of the populations out there and not just one, you know, one, 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 one sector of a population. Right. Um, and I will tell you that you can conduct business as usual for the most part, but a lot of a handful of little social issues, make sure that whatever changes you make and whatever you recognize to be an issue, you publicize, you put it out there, you let your staff know what it is you're doing so that you can prove that you're well aware and you've made these changes, but still, one plus one will always equal two. I don't care how you change it. And we have to continue that. There are some constants and we're going to continue on the constants, but on the areas where we failed, we're going to, we're going to do better. So how much of this, because we've, we've seen you quoted in the Hollywood reporter, you've been on our channel two or three times now. Are you getting people, uh, are you getting press media coming to you and saying, Hey, Judah, we want to know what you think about all of this. How much, how much more spotlight has been on you of late? I have, I, I, well, so 
Um, I, 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 I receive phone calls and, and Zoom calls and text messages from reporters who want me to comment on various different issues out there on the crisis communication side, almost all of them lately had to do with the woke, and, woke environment and cancel culture. Uh, it's, been, it's been big, um, to the point where a former client of mine uh, told me that uh, yesterday that he thinks that um, I owe him all of my uh, all, 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 all of the attention I'm getting now, because <laughs> if without him, I wouldn't have been where I am. <laughs> right. Well, does the does the media activity, people coming to you to talk specifically about this, does that give you any kind of an indication that the media is starting to recognize that this is a problem, that cancel culture is a real thing? Because for a long time we heard, oh, no, they can't. That's not real. I will tell you a secret that no one wants to share, uh, but I will. I'm not giving away names. Mainstream reporters from traditional outlets and publications, the tier ones, the tier twos, the, the, uh, the, the news networks that we know of, the reporters internally know there's a problem. They see it and they're frustrated because they can't report on what they want to report on without the editors getting involved and the publishers getting involved and cracking down and changing the way their stories look or the way their headlines look or the attention that they're giving to certain things or, in the, or individuals look. The reporters know it and see it. What the out, the, but unfortunately, almost all these publications answer to a so-called higher calling, which is shareholders and investors and subscribers and, and, and uh, commercial and, and uh, ad, ad space ad, and ad space buyers. Yeah. Um, so they have to tailor what they're being, what they're saying and what they're seeing to make sure the world thinks that they are as woke as possible. The problems that you really see are not with the mainstream reporters who acknowledge it and see it and know it and just don't know what to do about it yet. They're just playing the game to keep their, their paychecks coming. Um, it's the, the, the bloggers, the, the, uh, the influencers out there who completely think that they're right and this issue is a huge problem and they're part of changing the world. They're the ones who are the ones who don't quite see it the way I do and think that we need, we, we, we need reverse fascism. We need, we need fascism on the left to make sure that the people in right stay in line. Yeah. It is a mess. It is, uh, it is. It is definitely a mess. But uh, hopefully, maybe the we're starting to see cracks in the dam, and and uh, things will start to change a little bit. I think we're seeing the cracks in the dam, and and I'm hopeful that that uh, that 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 the that that cooler minds prevail and realize that uh, that you can't keep on operating this way because it's not effective. It's not. It's 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 actually a hurtful environment, yeah. and the truth is. Free speech is at is at risk. Freedom of for your your the, your constitutional rights are at risk when some when one side is saying that you could be free as long as you agree with everything I say. If you don't, then you can no longer be free. That becomes a problem, and I think that 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 cooler heads will prevail and smarter people will realize that the Constitution works for everybody. All right. Well, Judo Engelmeyer, we will let you have the last word on that there. And uh, how does how does one find you out in the in the world? Your uh, Harold PR is on social media. HaroldPR.com, and um, you could just uh, Google me, look me up, or just email me at juda at HaroldPR.com, and I will do my best to help you out. All right, and we will definitely have you back to have more conversations along these lines, and maybe. One of those conversations of the future might not involve woke politics, and we'll talk about something else. Right. <laughs> so, right. All right. Thank you very much, sir. And thank thanks you very much, Jason. Take care, guys. All right, and thank you everybody for being here and uh, and sharing your thoughts and and uh, attention. We do appreciate everybody who is here with us uh, on a regular basis. If you are new. We do invite you to subscribe to the channel, have your notifications turned on because we put out uh, content all the time. Uh, speaking of which, coming up on Saturday, we hope to have a new TARDIS sauce discussing Doctor Who, uh, continuing the conversation about the possibility is whether or not we're going to get more Torchwood uh, and just talking about Torchwood in general. And then, of course, last uh, last night, or not not last night, Monday night, the days are all winding together here, we had our discussion reviewing the Snyder Cut, 
That's out there in the wild now, so we do invite you to check that out. In the meantime, uh, you can see all of the other videos that we've got here. We are continuing to monitor the schedule changes for various different Comic-Cons and putting out those reports as information comes in here. And we will be back with another uh, edition of this program tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern. We hope you join us for that. No scheduled guest yet but you never know who might show up. So uh, we do uh, ask that you leave a thumbs up on your way out. And if you feel like you want to share this, you're more than welcome to do that. We do appreciate your time and attention here. We hope that it was worth it. Okay, so that's going to do it for us today. Thanks very much for being here. And remember, there are four lights. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Copyright 2021 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.